Hey girl, welcome to the Empower Her podcast, where we are all about taking purpose-driven action toward building lives we really freaking love. My name's Keisha, and I'm an entrepreneur obsessed with giving you actual tools to help take you from where you are now to where you want to go in your life, career, and relationships. And this podcast, it's all about real talk and having some fun as we share incredible stories, tips, and tricks to help us get out of our own way and unapologetically make some moves. So girlfriend, let's do the damn thing. Hey girl, I am so excited that you're here today because we have a juicy episode. We are talking about what making a change really feels like about risk and opportunity costs. So I don't know where you are while you're listening to this, but buckle up because we're going to dive right in. So first I want to like tee it up a little bit because you know that sometimes when you make a decision to make a change, you feel super pumped, so excited. You're like on top of the world. I can't be stopped. Look at me go. And then sometimes you feel like you're going to puke or you're going to like pee your pants because you're so nervous and you're so anxious. And then sometimes you're really scared. You are so scared thinking like, what if this doesn't work out the way that I planned? What if this is a stupid idea? What if I'm not capable of handling this decision? What if it's not a good decision? And then sometimes you do that thing. And right afterward, you feel so freaking proud of yourself. Like for doing that thing that you knew was right to do, even though you were scared or having that tough conversation or just making that change that you dance around your kitchen, blasting Taylor Swift, like a crazy person playing, you know, 22, I'm feeling 22, you know, you know the song, right? Like you are in fact, 22 years old, even if you're 30 like me. And honestly, sometimes all of those things happen in the same day. If the change is really massive or Real talk, if you're an entrepreneur like I am and you're like building your own business, that roller coaster of emotions that I just described sometimes just happens on a typical Thursday, right? It's just a day in the life. But like I mentioned at the beginning, in today's episode, I really want to talk about the feelings associated with change and some tactical ways that I actually manage those feelings through the lens of opportunity cost and risk. Because full transparency, my fiance, Sina, and I actually have some big news that we're going to be sharing recently. Um, we made a decision and we're going to loop you in. And no, it's not a baby. I'm not pregnant. Okay. Um, but it is something really big for us. And when you hear about it, you might be like, what the what? Uh, so I'm excited to loop you in. But a lot of this desire to talk about this in real time is because we are navigating a big change, right? That involves some risk. And um, we've been talking a lot about opportunity cost and the feelings associated with making change. And it's from this season of life that I'm currently in. And I love that we have this podcasting platform where I really do want us to feel like we're girlfriends, like chatting over coffee. And we're just trying to navigate all of the fields together. So let's break down three components we're going to talk about today. Risk, opportunity cost, and feeling all the feels. Number one, 
I think it's really important to take inventory of how comfortable you feel with risk because there's no right or wrong, you know, amount of risk that you're comfortable with. It just completely depends person to person. So you have to start by asking yourself that question. How comfortable are you with taking a risk? And I'll be honest, I am very naturally comfortable with risk, much more so than the average person. And I'm actually even more comfortable taking risks than Cena is. But after almost 12 years of us doing life together, he's getting a little bit of my spunk, my risky spunk, and I'm getting a little bit, tiny little bit of his cool, calm, collected, like logical brain that analyzes risk a little bit better than I do. But really, my natural state is to default to optimism and my ability to figure it out. I just believe so much in my ability to figure it out. So risk doesn't bother me as much as it does for a lot of women that I talk to day in and day out. And truly, another thing that I think has really helped me take risk is I deeply fear regret like regret of not living up to my potential much more than I fear failure or like losing or looking stupid to other people when I stumble or even when I face plant. So risk seems like it's just part of the path towards not living a life of regret. And because I'm aware with how comfortable I am with risk, you won't see me ever give advice like jump and the net will appear, you know, quit the job that you hate with no backup plan. Because while I might personally do that, and in fact, I actually have done that before, most people would not thrive with that much uncertainty. And most people are not comfortable with that much risk. As humans, we are not wired for uncertainty. Our brains are literally not made that way. But just like any muscle, I think you can build up your comfortability with risk, like as if it was a muscle. Because the more healthy risks you take, the more comfortable you get trusting your gut and your own ability to figure it out. And the more times that things go right, you start to default more so to optimism. But if you're never doing anything for the first time, you're, you're missing out on that opportunity to build up that muscle right? So I think it's really important that you start with smaller things. Legit, open up your calendar. When is the last time that you did something for the first time? And I don't mean you need to jump out of a plane, although I highly recommend doing that. You don't have to go bungee jumping, although I highly recommend doing that one time. You don't have to go run with the bulls like I've done in Pamplona in Spain or any of these crazy things that I've done because I actually really like doing crazy things. But you can start with getting intentional about placing yourself in new situations, doing things outside of your comfort zone, maybe with new people who don't think exactly like you or didn't grow up like you, or maybe even something small like cooking something that you've never made or going to a restaurant that you've never been to or listening to music at a live event that you've never, you would never normally do, joining a club, starting a new hobby, going to a random workout class or a different part of the city that you live in right? Like these are small, healthy risks that don't inspire, like involve a, a bungee jump or running with bulls chasing you like it had happened to me and my girlfriend in Spain. Um, but it does involve you stepping outside your comfort zone, which is going to help you build up your own willingness to try other things. And then in turn, get more comfortable with bigger changes that might happen. So maybe there's an opportunity for you too to also start to you know, fear, not necessarily failure, but fear not living up to your potential or living a life that you're obsessed with more than you fear the risk, 
right? And that's a process that I think you can start that has worked really well for me if you're not super comfortable with risk yet. Now, number two, opportunity cost. Oh, this is a big one. And I think about opportunity cost all the time. Sina and I have been chatting so much about opportunity cost lately as we're about to make this change. Because I think when you're making a change or making a decision to do something that you're a little bit nervous to do, but you know, and your gut feels right, it's important to actually take inventory on the opportunity cost. What are you going to miss out on if you don't do that thing? What type of fulfillment or impact or joy or income or excitement or learning or growth or friendships could come from doing that thing that you won't get if you choose to not do that thing, right? Because yes, putting yourself out there, if you've been comfy for a long time or you've been used to a certain routine for a long time and choosing to do something that could disrupt that is not super exciting, right? And if you've been settling with mediocrity for a long time and you decided that you want more, it's really important to figure out what that inaction of not doing that thing that you know that you need to do is costing you. Because being in the exact same place as you are right now, a year from now, with your heart full of shoulda, woulda, couldas, still doing this T-chart thing of like pros and cons and sitting in this analysis paralysis, like should I do it, should I not do it? That cost is a massive opportunity cost. So sometimes if you're making a change and you haven't really looked at the importance and necessity of making that change in terms of how good it could get if you do it, you're missing out on an opportunity that could light a little fire in your butt to actually make change. So identify that opportunity cost. And then number three, this is huge too. Feel the feels, girl, and play out that spectrum of your feelings. What's the best thing that could happen? What's the worst thing that could happen? And truly, one of my favorite definitions that I've ever heard or just this perspective about feelings comes from my girl, Kathy Heller. She is an incredible author. She's a a just super sensational entrepreneur and podcaster. Her podcast and her book are both titled Don't Keep Your Day Job. Her story is so awesome. And I've actually had her on Empower Her Podcast twice. So I'll link both of those episodes in the show notes. So you can check them out if you haven't heard of her yet. But Kathy says, feelings are like visitors. They knock and they knock until you let them in. Some of them come and stay a few hours, some a few days, but eventually the feelings do leave. And I love that because here's the thing. The feelings are going to come when you're making a change. And I don't ever want to just like squish down my feelings and pretend or act as if I'm okay if I'm not. And I also don't ever choose to label my feelings as quote unquote right or quote unquote wrong. I just feel the feels, right? And maybe that is a really exciting time when I didn't expect that I would be excited. Maybe that is a really awkward Ugly cry where, you know, your mascara mixes with your snot and it gets into your mouth. And like, if you're wearing blue blockers, you have to go like, and squeegee off your blue blockers. Yes. Maybe that's associated with that feeling, but don't label it as right or wrong. You're a human. You're going to have feelings that you don't need a permission slip to have, right? You're a grown freaking woman. But here's the thing. When my feelings are low or dark, I give myself an amount of time to feel that feeling. And then I get back up. 
and reframe. The difference between people that are crushing their goals and loving their life and those who aren't is not magical unicorn blood or like crazy skill sets, right? It's their ability to reframe and find the good, grow through what they go through and get back up even when it's hard. So if you let yourself feel the feels, that really does help because then you can make a change that feels honest because you're not squishing down feelings that you haven't expressed yet, right? And it helps you not feel stuck. And for me, and if you're an Enneagram 7, you're going to connect with this, or even if you're just someone that doesn't like to feel stuck, I don't like to feel stuck in nasty feelings. So I got to get them out and then I've got to reframe and get back up and ask myself how I can continue on and grow through this. And honestly, number two on this, I'll say this is like point B of feelings. You can't anticipate all of the feelings that are going to come with making a change, right? Especially if it's a change that you have never made or have nothing to compare it to. But you can anticipate some of the normal feelings that are associated with change or making a big decision or having a tough conversation or doing that thing that you know is is right but is hard. You can anticipate some of those. So the tactical thing that works really well for me is I purposely sit and play out in my brain the best case scenario and the worst case scenario. And often as women, we tend to be verbal processors. So if you have someone in your life, um, like a bestie, or for me, I have a couple girlfriends that I call to play out worst to best case scenario. And of course, my fiance, Sina, I do that with too. If you have someone you can verbally process this with, it's helpful. Otherwise, pen to paper, if that's really helpful for you. I play out what is the absolute worst case scenario that could happen. And I have yet to make a decision that the absolute worst case scenario that could happen is that I'm going to die. I mean, I guess technically jumping out of a plane, getting chased by bulls, uh, bungee jumping. Okay. I guess that could have happened, but you know, I'm talking about changes that we're probably actually making right now. Right? So the change that we are about to make worst case scenario, it's not going to go bad enough that I'm going to die from it. Okay. The best case scenario Ooh, that's when I can think again about the opportunity cost and how good it could be. Who could be impacted by this, right? How many other people's lives could be changed? How fulfilled I could be? How happy I could be? How excited I could be? The best case scenario, right? Who could benefit as a byproduct of you doing that thing? And when you can often associate your decision with serving other people or specific people that you love, it's easier to make a change and stay with it right? So thinking about the spectrum of both sides is really helpful for me when I'm navigating making a change. And then what's cool is I find myself going through life with this curiosity lens and that just feels a lot more light and fun and fulfilling and exciting rather than heavy. Like I'm just carrying around a bunch of weight on my shoulders needing to make a decision. So to recap, What helps me navigate change and fall still in love with the process rather than just waiting until the change is made is number one, taking inventory first on how comfortable you are with risk, like where you are at now and starting to intentionally take healthy risks to make you more comfortable so that you're ready for bigger changes in your life. Number two, identifying the opportunity costs. Like what will you miss out on if you don't do that thing that you feel called to do? Because- FOMO is real, girl, right? And finally, number three, let yourself 
feel the feels and play out the spectrum of your feelings to what's the best that could happen, who could benefit as a byproduct, how good could it get, and to the worst case scenario so that you can really play out that and come up with an alternative plan to proactively prepare for roadblocks. And like the author of a book that I love called Worry Over Wonder, her name is Amber Ray. She says, in every moment of every day, we get to choose whether we're buying into the voice of worry or we're buying into the voice of wonder. And truly, girl, my take is choose the idea, choose the wonder, because that is gonna feel better. Do the damn thing. You've got one shot here. Let's make it count. We're in this together. I'll talk to you soon, girl. Thank you so much for listening in. If you love this episode, it would mean so much to me if you shared it with a girlfriend. Like, send it to her right now. Or post it on social media and tag me so I can personally thank you for helping me get the message out. I am so freaking grateful to be on this journey with you, girl. So until next time, I'll talk to you soon.